and welcome to Shelf Esteem, the podcast where I talk to interesting people about books that they find interesting. And this week I had a wonderful group of guests, three librarians, people who know not only all about books, but about the people who love books. Uh, they are Cindy Foote, Krista Hart, and Renee Farrell from Mount Crow Public Library, and we talked about their favorite books and a little bit about what happens in the library. So please join us for the next little while with the librarians of Mount Pearl. All right, so starting off, uh, it's great to have a bunch of librarians in the room, <laughs> uh, and I guess avid readers too. I usually like to start by asking people, what are you reading now or what have you read lately that you're really excited about? I'm reading Stephen King's new novel. Okay. Um, and he's, it's his first novel that he's co-written with his son, Owen. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of similarities. It's supposed to be Owen's novel, but it's, it's it feels written, like, it a, feels Stephen like a Stephen novel. King book, which is good. And it... Um, it's it's kind of relevant today because it's looking at um, what happens if women are removed from society. Oh, really? So it gives you a look at how men would react. Mm -hmm. And where I'm to in the book now, it's halfway. So it's just starting with the women. They're, it's a really weird novel. It, they fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And when they fall asleep, this cocoon wraps them. Right. It's it's kind of supernatural. It's almost like a Christian um, feel to it. Uh huh. So when the women fall asleep, it's like when they wake up, it's in their alternate world. Uh huh. And they're there without the men. So I'm just okay. starting to see how women interact. Okay. So we see both sides of it: the women yeah. without the men, and the men and without, without women. The women. Oh, that sounds like such an interesting concept. It's pretty good. And it's, it's called Sleeping Beauty, so uh -huh. it kind of ties into the fairy tale right, a little bit. Right, yeah. It's huh. pretty neat. That is cool. I have, I, you're right that I do not love horror. The only Stephen King novel I've ever, other than Stephen King on writing, which is not a novel, but it's a great book about writing. Um, the only Stephen King book I've ever read and really loved is uh, 112263, right. the time travel one, right. about the guy who tries about to go back. JFK. Yeah, stop the JFK assassination. And I love that because I right. love time travel. Well, this one's not really horror. It's more horrific okay. in a way. It sounds almost like a dystopian It's more of a supernatural sort of type. Yeah. Um, the main uh, woman in it, she doesn't fall asleep. When she shows up, this is when the women nod off. Oh, okay. And her name is Eve. Uh huh. And she comes from a tree of life. Oh, okay. So it's all thing. kind of mythological right. and allegorical. Right. It's pretty. Cool. It's pretty decent, actually. That's neat. Hmm. Anyone else? What else are you reading, Renee? I'm listening right now okay. to uh, Margaret Atwood's Mad Adams. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I have two small children, uh -huh. so having print text in my hand is very. Difficult, rare, unless yes. I'm shelving or checking yeah. in patrons or something, right? So you, you listen to a lot of audiobooks? No, yeah. I just started actually because my husband's cousin said, I was just tired of listening to Wheels on the Bus. So I just, when I dropped <laughs> off the kids at daycare, uh -huh. I popped in an audiobook and I was like, that's a genius that idea, is, right? Is, yeah. yeah, so I'm not sure what I think about it yet. And I'm like halfway through the discs uh -huh. and it's very Margaret Atwood. It's very dystopian. Mm -hmm. It's very... Um, post-apocalyptic yeah. you know but yeah. it's what I know her to be but I'm mm -hmm. just like I'm not sure where, where it's all headed yeah you know what I mean yeah. and I know that now I realize that it's part of a series that probably I should have read before That's right, I also did that though it's not the beginning of the no series, it's not it? right, no yeah. so I said oh well, well I'll, I'll do this and I'll go back so I have the other ones on audiobook uh -huh. on my desk waiting for me but uh, I did that also with 
Lucifer because I had been, I, it came across and uh, our, the desk and I said, okay, I'm going to take this home. And then Cindy said to me, did you read Sandman yet? And I was oh, like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I so went and it takes everything home that yeah. comes across. The I desk. do, yeah. yeah well, because it's hard. I, it's hard not to. Because yeah. people just, they love reading so much and they want to share the story with you. Oh, and yeah. Yes. You kind of take on that excitement and you go, I'm going to take that home, but. It gets ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's be hard to keep up, I guess. With all, I mean, you guys must be in a unique position to be uh, overwhelmed almost with the amount of new books that, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So it's nice though because I mean I don't mind that it's because it's adult material. Like right. I'm reading children's material in yeah. my job, and then I'm reading children's material at home with my children every so night. So it's nice to get, yeah, to get kind of me time almost yeah. with you know something that's. And I mean, there's some uh, wonderful children's books that I've read lately, too. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, it's just nice to have something that's more intelligent. Yeah. 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 Uh, the very first episode I did of this podcast was called, I think we ended up titling it something like We Have Mixed Feelings About Margaret Atwood because somebody was, one of the two women I interviewed was reading that series and loving it. Uh, and then I was saying, yeah, I have really, like some of her stuff I love, like I love The Handmaid's Tale, course, um, yeah. but some not so much. And I really have trouble getting into dystopia because it feels too real. It scares me yeah. too much. Especially, Especially now. Yeah. You read yes. to get away from that stuff. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can understand that too. What about you? Mine is really boring because I <laughs> I just finished um, the A Column of Fire, Ken Follett's this oh, morning. Oh, okay, yeah. And I still don't know how I feel about it. Okay, yeah. It wasn't the Pillars of the Earth. <laughs> it was not the Pillars of the Earth at all, which I love. You love Pillars of the Earth. I loved did you? it, but it also hit me at a time when my kids were like three and four. Uh huh. So it might have just been that it was the first adult thing I had read, yeah, and I I couldn't put it down. I loved mm-hmm. it, and I love historical fiction. But this one, I mean, parts of it were very fascinating, and mm-hmm. I love the whole, I love Elizabethan times, and I love... And that's when this one is set? Is yes, and it, it talks about all the different plots between, like, uh, Queen Mary and right, Queen Elizabeth, yeah. and when she became queen, and all that I was really in for, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like his other ones, okay. so it kind of looks like I didn't I get my friends. <laughs> with Ken Follett, for me, is I... I find the stuff he writes about really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. I find his actual writing style not that interesting. Yeah, like the, that's how the, Did you was. anybody read his the Century trilogy, the the ones that were all set I in the twentieth century, in like World War One, World War Two, and the Cold War? I quit yeah. that so. Yeah, I quit it so fast. <laughs> See, I, stuck, I almost said a bad word. I stuck with <laughs> people have said bad words on the podcast before, so it's okay. But I stuck with that series because I was so interested in the subject matter, the stuff he's writing about. But I found the actual writing really, really. Dull? I don't know. It's weird. Like for me, he writes about interesting things, but sometimes in a dull way. And I think, like in Pillars, it was just—it was like my eyes opened up to all this architecture that I'd never heard of before. That kind of touched on when I was in university. So it was fascinating. I was learning all this stuff, googling like crazy when I was reading it. But this one just didn't do it for you. And like for me, because I've read so much Uh of. British history. There, I knew Guy Fox wasn't going to blow anything up. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> that is one problem yeah. with historical no fiction. No one's going to kill Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth thinking. is going to make. She's it. going to be just fine. And so Mary Queen of Scots is not going to make it at all. <laughs> so I think that's where I love. But I mean, it was nine hundred nine pages, and I, I mean, I didn't want to put it down. Uh-huh. But then when I was done, it was just 
Yeah. It was just okay. Yeah, just that okay. Into other books that you could have read. Exactly, <laughs> but just okay is better than you know terrible. Yeah, just which okay, I quit I after is, twenty. Yeah, is how I feel about Ken Follett generally. For me, he's yeah. usually just okay. But I am often interested in what he is writing. So I've picked up that one and looked and thought, am I going to read that or yeah? So now mm. you haven't given me a strong recommendation. The, there. the, the backstory in there because a lot of times when he's writing, well, it, usually his characters are more so that. They're unknown, so uh-huh. you don't know what's going to happen. You kind of right. have a general sense of the history around it. Mm-hmm. But this one, like the the central characters, like I just didn't care. Like, yeah, they said that they were in love, but I didn't you feel, didn't feel it. it. Yeah. So like I don't, you know, why are we talking about you for fifty <laughs> years? <laughs> so, yeah, and know, caring about the characters is such a big, a big thing. deal. Yeah, like I've, I've said on the podcast ones. before a couple times about my die in a fire test, where if I get so far into a book and I'm not sure I'm into it, I ask myself if. If I turn the next page and all these characters died in a fire, would it impact me emotionally? And if the answer is no, then maybe I don't want to continue reading. Yeah, time to put it down. I'm not. I'm not beyond putting a book down. It's kind of like weeding. (laughs) (laughs) I used to be. I never used to. I used to plod on through and force myself to read. There's too many other good books out there to read. Yeah, Mm. you reach a point where you're like, there's enough other good books out there, and life is only so long. Why am I wasting mm. it reading a book that I don't love? If someone yeah. once said to me, you turn off a movie if you didn't like it. Right. And then it just hit me. Well, I'm going to put some this people book down, too. Yeah. They feel like <laughs> they can't. Once you start a book, they have to finish it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It used to be. No. Not anymore. It's, it's okay, okay not to. It's okay to put a book down. <laughs> right. Any other books that you haven't put down that you've been really engaged by or fascinated by? I loved Hagseed. Yeah, Hagseed was fabulous. Hagseed. No, I haven't read Hagseed. Oh, so tell me that's that. another Margaret Atwood. Yeah, it, it is. is. <laughs> and you, you put it in my hands. I did. And what did you love about it? I love Shakespeare, anyways, and I just loved. I had no idea it was this part of this whole project. This, right? yeah, everyone of rewriting these Shakespeare stories. Yeah. yeah, and so just the story. It was, it was the story of the Tempest uh-huh. being set in a novel where they're putting on the play of the Tempest. Right. Yeah. And just navigating through, and all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, you are Prospero. It took me a second to figure out, like, you know, it didn't hit me until probably three quarters of the way through. Oh my God, this is the Tempest inside of the Tempest. Right. No wonder it's so messed yeah. up. Oh, yeah. But it was. It one takes of the, place inside of a prison. It does. So it's all the inmates. Uh-huh. Which is just like the take island. part in the play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it oh, was wow. so well done. I loved it, but it, sometimes, like when you. Like with Margaret Atwood, either I read her and I absolutely love her and I can uh-huh. just go, or it's she makes struggle. me feel completely yeah. dumb. <laughs> yeah. I still have no idea what happened in The Blind Assassin. I have no idea. No, I also have no idea what happened. Yeah, I don't know what assassin. that was about. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> and no, me too. so, yeah. you know, this one didn't make me feel so dumb. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, well, at least you kind of pandered to the masses so, a little yeah. bit more. The only one of that Hogarth Shakespeare series that I've read is Ann Tyler's Vinegar Girl, which is about. Taming of the Shrew, mm-hmm. and it, I love Van Tyler. Mm-hmm. Like she's one of my favorite mm-hmm. writers. Um, I, I liked it, but didn't love because Taming of the Shrew is a really hard story to put into a modern setting because it's so, you know, dependent on those stereotypes about men and women. I right. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yes, and people, and gen, like not just gender, but um, like it's racist. It's, yes, it's yeah. very. Uh, uh, it's, it's unforgiving. Yes, it's, it's unforgiving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's hard yeah. to attach yourself to people who 
live in that world. Yeah, yeah. and Absolutely. so it's hard to bring them or reimagine them into the modern world without it being very contrived. Yeah. I've had mm-hmm. that one in my hand three or four times, yeah. and I always put it back. Like, I do like it. I would not not recommend it. But on the other hand, if someone were asking an Ann Tyler book to recommend, that's not the one of hers that I'd recommend. Yeah. yeah. The only other one that I was... Again, not reading. I was listening Listen, to you. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's it was a good idea because yeah. I've started it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, I, and the first one that I did actually was the unexpected guest, and that was Agatha Christie. Okay. And I, I wasn't in love with the narrator. So oh, yeah. the story also depends on who's telling the story, and if if it's not the voice inside your head, like when I read Agatha mm-hmm. Christie, it's not usually like a middle aged. English gentleman telling me right, the story, yeah. right? Because I'm not a middle-aged yeah. English gentleman. And just, I guess, the way that you internalize that kind of story and the way that it's, it's it, the telling of it is. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I stuck by it. I did that thing that I, I kept going. I pushed myself through the beer. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that I did because... Agatha Christie rarely disappoints for me. Yeah. Like, I really... Yeah. But I, I enjoy things with that just twist around a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. when you realize that you're not... You know, you're, what you're expecting is not that. Because I have a lot of foresight, I, I think. I think everybody thinks that. Yeah. But in, in books, I can generally see where it's going. Oh, yeah. And Agatha Christie usually throws me for a loop. Mm, she always that. does. That's good. And, I I, that's, and that, that's something that's, you know, like, that's what really gets me if I go to the, in the theater uh-huh. and I enjoy the story because I'm like, oh, I never seen that coming. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, like, I wouldn't, my mind wouldn't twist that way. Yeah. Mm. So if a book does that to me, it's... 10 times better because yeah. book is always better than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know? Great. Yeah. I have a great brain for being able to enjoy mysteries because I can never figure anything out. <laughs> so I never know what's going to happen. So it's always a surprise. And also I don't have a great memory so I can, you can even pick up the same mystery like five years later and be surprised by it all over again. Exactly. So I've read this before. But I still yeah. can't remember who done it. So that's good. <laughs> but I just went that's to see fantastic. Murder on the Orient Express and somehow someone was saying on the internet you know don't, don't give me a hard time about spoiling Murder on the Orient Express. The book is 83 years old. You can't spoil a book that's been out that long. Yes. Um, but I somehow have managed to miss ever reading that or watching any of the other movie versions. So I actually didn't, didn't know how it ended. It was totally taken by surprise, so which was great. Yeah. That was excellent. I read all the Agatha Christie Miss Marple ones, but I never read any of the Poirot ones. So it was. Yeah. I read that. I got to tell you, I was probably 17 or 18 when I read that one. I can't. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to so go much. see the movie. You read so much. Right. It's, I don't yeah. remember anything since I had kids. Well, that's true. Your mind goes away. Yeah. I was going to say with the audiobooks, you were saying how it's the narrator that affects the story for mm-hmm. you. And mm-hmm. I was going to say it's, it's it's almost the same thing with when books are adapted to movies. Once you've read it, you've had your almost director's take on yes. the book. Yes, yeah, you picture the and characters the way so you So when then you watch the story on, on the big screen... 90% of the audience love it, and you're there. That's not how it was. I'm <laughs> hypercritical when I read it, and then it's, I So I guess it. audiobook has the same effect yeah. if you're yeah. not hearing it yeah. the I way you do. I never thought about it. that, but that's true. Like, the voice in your head is not going to be the same as the voice on the audiobook. No, yeah. that's right. And, like, that's the same thing now with Matt Adams. I'm just like, well, it's a little bit... Because there's three narrators, right? right? Because you know how she jumps from mm-hmm. scene to scene and from whatever, but... I was like, yeah, okay, I, I, I'm enjoying it. I just don't know where, where it's headed. And usually that's not a problem for me. So maybe I'll enjoy it. Maybe I'll say, this is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, I'm going to wait and see. It's kind Reserve of judgment. shame in a way, the way that thing about, you know, the way the characters appear in a movie. Like sometimes 
it replaces the picture you had in your head. Like I was just, you know, we just walked through the, the rec room where my daughter and her friend are, are marathoning the Harry Potter movies. And I was thinking like there was a time when I read Harry Potter before the movies came out, when I had a picture of Harry Potter in my head that wasn't Daniel Radcliffe. Yes. But I, now, I, can, <laughs> I can't recapture that now. No. Exactly. exactly. I have no yeah. idea what Harry Potter looked like. And now you like find that Daniel parts Radcliffe. of the movie are replacing parts of the book. And yes. Is that in the book? Or exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That drives me That's insane. probably the only time that I've really loved a movie as much as... The Lord yeah, of the Rings was really well done. I thought the Lord of the Rings were, yeah, were great. I'm going to shut up. I read them. Well, I didn't get through them. Okay. And it, they just, just ran. They ran all the time. Like, <laughs> 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 it was way too much walking for me. Yeah, there's a lot. There's and a lot my partner walking. and I, like, I watch them all with him, and I'll always say, it's nine hours of my life. I'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> and all they did was walk. And the trees talk to you. That's true. Thing. And I watch the extended yeah. editions all the time. I've watched all the extended <laughs> editions and, and I feel badly all the um, all the extra material on all of the how they made editions. the armor yes, and how yeah. they made every little yeah. detail yeah. and all the um, the parts with the actors could commentary and everything. I'm such a geek about those movies. No, yeah. That's cool. No, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm like that's pretty ones, but I don't yeah. geek about those. <laughs> When it was first coming out and we were waiting for the movies to come out, yes. I went and seen like the exhibits because I lived in Ontario. So I was like, I took my buddy that was like into it the same way yeah. I was, you know, but I'm one of those people that just watches for the action. Okay. So I fast forward through a lot of the walking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, the stories are so amazing. And like, it's just so heroic and it's just so epic. And it's just so, you know, I'm waiting for that, Yeah, you know, and, and, and the poetry, which I absolutely adore, um, isn't so evident in the movie. Yeah, so, you yeah, know, that's, yeah. I just that's like, minimized a lot. Yeah, so I was like, eh. I will admit to that's being <laughs> one of these people who kind of skims through the poems when I read Tolkien. It's like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, you yeah. don't need to be thirty verses. Yeah. In that no, that's right. It's true. <laughs> we can it's a story on. in a story in a story. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of overlap. I find a mm -hmm. lot of overlap with oh, the yes, poetry. Yeah. So, what about books that have had a big influence on you in the oh, throughout your life, maybe? Oh, I think To Kill a Mockingbird was the one that, mm -hmm. was, it was like a slap in the face to me when I was really? a, a kid when I read that. Uh -huh. Well, I grew mm -hmm. up in Mount Pearl, and to me, I knew nothing outside mm -hmm. of this little bubbly Mount Pearl. Uh -huh. <laughs> Mount Pearl bubble, yeah. Right? So, for me to see that, I, I, I guess I wasn't exposed to racism or mm. e even Injustice. saw many I guess, colored people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Newfoundland, certainly when I grew up, was a very, very, right. very racially right. homogenous, So very I've, I've place. never yeah. had that exposure to racism. Yeah. So for me to see another human being found guilty for something he didn't do, proven that he didn't yeah, do, yeah. it it astounded yeah. me that this is this was going on in the world. Yeah. I think that's when I kind of grew up a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just realizing that things like that could happen, yeah. yeah, that were so remote from the world that we grew up in. Yeah. You know, not that there wasn't prejudice in Newfoundland society, but not that particular racial prejudice. Right. You know. And it didn't mm -hmm. really, when you're kids, it didn't When you're really a kid, you don't you see that. You're yeah. not exposed to it. There was no internet when I grew up as a kid. Exactly. I had I had Sesame Street. Everybody yeah. was happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, To Kill a Mockingbird is a great coming-of-age novel. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There should be a warning on it, though. There should be. Yeah. <laughs> I think mine is not today. the same not way. Today. I was probably 25 or 26. No, I had I had my first daughter, so I was 27. 
and uh, I read the Poisonwood Bible by oh, Barbara King Oh, yes, yeah. And, like, I was 27, and I was, you know, I thought I was fully grown up, you know. Uh-huh. I, got it all, I got it all figured out. You know, I know uh-huh. everything about, you know, I, I felt like I was grown up and I was finally, you know, my own person. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, I knew what was right and I knew what was wrong. And then that book just kind of punched me in the face with my own ignorance. Oh, that's so interesting. And I loved it. Uh-huh. And I love, because, you know, the the family goes to Africa to help. Yes, yeah. And then as you're hearing the story through, you see it through everyone's the eyes. Of you, yeah. You just, it's just like, oh my goodness, like, you, you know, I always wanted to help. And yeah. even now you'll do what you can. And then you think, like, am I, am I doing the right thing? Maybe I'm not doing the right thing. Yeah. And I think it really just showed me, you don't know one thing about this world little girl yes (laughs) you need to read some more (laughs) because that's the problem with those characters is they don't know the world that they're going into at all and just understand someone's someone else's point of view and that one i there was a a chapter and i can't remember the the girl's name right now but she married um one of the men from the tribe and like the whole way they were talking about everyone was dirty and you know going to outhouses and things and then when he moved back to the united states with her and he couldn't believe that you would poop and pee inside of your own home yes and then it just hit me oh my goodness like i never even thought about it like that but that makes sense so then you're thinking you know who's right and i think that was the kind of the whole point of that one for me it's like we're all right and we're all wrong and i love can make you feel naive that's for sure yeah that's such an interesting point two books that kind of shake your worldview like that That when you get stuck in your own life in your own environment yeah i think it's good to have that perspective outside yes removed from Yeah. Make you kind of appreciate what you have a little bit. And just force you to walk in someone's shoes that I had never taken away from me. Mm-hmm. I'd taken away from a book the same way before. And I think because then you're kind of looking at everything through a mother's eyes. And yes. I want the world to be better. And then I was like, oh, oh yeah. I have nothing to teach you <laughs> at all. We have to start again. <laughs> I have to read a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's good when a book does that. It is. Mm-hmm. It really is. I love that one. What about you? Any books that, that had a big influence on you or really shaped the way you've seen the world? Um, I don't know necessarily that it shaped my worldview. And that, I mean, I've always been very headstrong and stubborn person. And mm-hmm. I will know anybody who knows me would probably be like, oh, yes. Well, right. <laughs> but um, there was one book that really it was 90 pages it was a little novella and I did an African literature course when I was in my first year of university uh-huh. and it like it was like page three and I was crying my eyes out because oh, wow. I was touched by the tragedy because I've always had like a like a deep empathy for others mm-hmm. but and I've always been kind of surrounded by people that really haven't had the best deck of cards like the best hand mm-hmm. in the deck of cards of life right like yeah. they just really struggle mm-hmm. and uh, you know they, they've been lower socioeconomic classes or they've been from unprivileged households uh-huh. for whatever reason mm-hmm. and I read this novel and because I was always thinking like yeah I know and it's the same kind of realization that you, everyone has and it is it's like that kind of almost a bit of a slap in the face but it was so gentle and the, the book was about a family in a Middle Eastern country and mm-hmm. what they had to go through. And it was in a village where the protagonist, like, just lost everything, like, uh-huh. in three pages. And it changed my life. And it was called So Long a Letter by Miriam Abba. Oh, okay. And if you, you ever... No, look and, and yeah. uh, a lot of people, yeah, I, I, 
I wouldn't have known if I hadn't taken that course, right? I was like taking Japanese, African literature, thinking like, you know, I don't know what I want to do with my life. You know? <laughs> I'm like, woo, just, you know, I'm, I'm, I've done my, you know, couple of years outside of work and now I'm ready to do the school thing. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get in the JET program and I'm going to, you know, yeah. read everything nobody's read before. Mm-hmm. And that really, like I said, the tragedy that these women went through. And it was just like, this is what you do. This was uh-huh. a part of their life. And it was a, it was a Muslim culture mm-hmm. in, in a far off continent in a place that I couldn't even imagine. Mm-hmm. It just blew my mind. Yeah. And it was so easy to relate as a woman as someone that not was not yet a mother, but had been, you know, mothering many people. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, I would really recommend it. That's all yeah. I got to say. Yeah. I'm so envious of you having taken an African literature course, because yeah. one of the things I've been trying to do consciously this year is make my reading more diverse and read, you know, writers of color and writers from different countries and different backgrounds. And I've realized Africa is a huge gap in my knowledge. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't really read any African literature, and I don't know any African history. Like I was, I was saying to you that I'd been reading the book The Badass Librarians of Timbuktu, right. uh, <laughs> which is why I'm definitely calling this The Badass Librarians of Mount Pearl. Um, but. Uh, um, we're it, really good. Yeah, it, I mean, I realize that you're not smuggling, you know, manuscripts away from terrorists, but I think you're probably doing. You would if You'd you had be to. Surprised. You would if you had. To. <laughs> Maybe you need to tell some stories. But no. you know, uh, I, I, it got into a, a whole bit of African history that I realized I know this wasn't covered in my education. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about this. You know, we all have these huge gaps, and reading is, of course, the way to fill in those gaps. That's right. Yeah. Just so much. There's so much. Yeah. Well, for me, I, like my gap is like with Newfoundland writers because okay. this, I mean, I only came here 2008 and then I was like working overnight and going to school from university full time. And then I got my teaching degree and I went up north for like two years right. and I was teaching in Labrador and like I don't I didn't have access to those resources yeah. to find out about them. So now like it's wonderful because I work in a place where that's completely within that's reach. Right. right? Yeah. And I, I and it's so easy to meet people mm-hmm. and to learn. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which does tie into another one of the questions I'd asked you guys: whether there are any books by local authors that uh, that particularly stand out to you, or that you would you would recommend? I was on the local NL author kick a long time, like maybe ten to fifteen years ago, and I read whatever I could at the mm-hmm. time. Uh huh. And then I haven't picked it up since, and I feel really guilty. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm amazed. I mean, we have such a rich culture of of literature here. I mean, just now we've had like. 14 Canadian authors on the Dublin Impact Longlist, and four of them are Newfoundlanders, like mm-hmm. more than a quarter for this province that is such a tiny piece right. of Canada. And, you know, the Governor General's fiction winner being a Newfoundlander, like it's, you know, there, there's a lot there. But uh, I find that Newfoundland writers are slower to emerge than the rest of the arts society. Yeah? I, I, I don't know if it's because you hear more of the bands like Great Big Sea mm. and this and that and everything and, and the artists and stuff but I don't get as much of a push from local writing. Yeah. Okay. It seems like that's just starting, starting to, to come change. out. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Work I guess because I'm within the writing community <laughs> yeah. maybe that's You're what so I fully see. immersed yeah. in yeah. it. Yeah. Or yeah, outside, I see more. Yeah, because no, we're I see really overrepresented in like every you know national literary award. Yep. You know, people and like you know, so. Lisa but Moore I think and Michael just... Crummy and, and Wayne Johnston. Like you mm-hmm. know, their work gets really, really highly regarded. Yeah. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, there certainly is a lot of it out there. <laughs> oh, definitely. 
Well, we know there's a lot of there's it out a, there. Yes. But yeah. I, I think and I think that's what makes in it hard general, for us to... In general, I think public see more visual. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. yeah. Or hear it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, could be. So maybe not there's so not much. the awareness there in the general right. public, you know? Right. Yeah, because certainly I know from within the writing community, it's very easy to be sort of insular and focused on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe, well, you would know, for example, how much people pick up Newfoundland fiction as opposed to mainstream fiction coming in. We have our general, we know when they're coming into the door that they're going to the Newfoundland section. Yes. Your regulars. Yes, absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah. But even so, like I find what's going through work right now, it's still the Newfoundland nonfiction that circulates a lot more than that. Yeah, and Newfoundland nonfiction mm-hmm. sells yeah. a lot better than, like all the local publishers will tell you that nonfiction yeah. sells better than fiction, mm-hmm. even though it's yeah. our fiction that wins awards and stuff. Right. But the nonfiction is what people, if people are looking for a Newfoundland book, that's what um, then they're for. looking often looking right. for nonfiction. And I think that's why it's harder for us to see because that's what people <laughs> are excited about at yeah. work. And for us, like when you start trying to talk, Newfoundland fiction to somebody yeah. is like everyone's eyes kind of glaze, glaze over. over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I think it's interesting and, and incredibly and it, I mean, I because if they can't, if they can't, you know, get it signed at Costco, yeah, then you know, they don't all the novelists sign at Costco right. too. Right. Tell them but the nonfiction right. has more of an emotional, personal, relatable feel to it. Fiction, mm-hmm. it's still a fictitious character. Yeah. Your places and stuff might mm-hmm. be familiar, but mm-hmm. I think for Newfoundlanders. It's the emotional. And well, everyone who's coming in and when they read one say, oh, yeah, my grandmother knew. Yeah. She came from this town. Yeah, so it's that emotional connection. I think it's just the people that work in That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What else are people looking for when they come in the library? Like, I'm just really interested in being a bunch of librarians because there's been, I mean, there's such a... Uh, I feel like there's such a cultural attack on libraries as an institution, and I'm sure you saw at least this idiot on Twitter a couple of weeks ago who was like, uh, no adult uses a library. And, uh, yeah, was, was, wasn't that an MP of somewhere? I thought it was just some random person, but oh, it could have okay. been somebody. It, could, I, I, it wasn't somebody local, for sure. It yeah, was I, I think it States. was an actual really? high-up political oh, wow. person. I, I hate that argument. Yeah. I don't use the library, so nobody Yeah, exactly. If I don't use it, then clearly nobody else is. But, mm, I mean, right. you guys know what people are using the libraries for. Yes. What, what are they doing? T- tell us. <laughs> Well, it's like also, too, but it's also really highly encouraging because people constantly are defending the library. Yes, that's true. They're like, you can't shut it down. I remember there's so many emotional connections. There's a community Mm -hmm. space in libraries. I mean, and access to resources. So people that normally wouldn't have the access or just want to have a community space to access Mm -hmm. online or print materials or... You know, just local materials or international materials, like they're all coming there. They're looking for maps. If they're looking for, like we said, if they're looking for those books that can tell them about their family history or they're looking for the latest Ken Follett novel or mm-hmm. whatever they're looking for, it's going to be there. And there's a lot of, I think, of a culture, especially in our library, because our patrons are regulars they're dedicated mm-hmm. they're passionate and they you know and they and they and I see that now cuz where I'm working the story time like you see the people that like they come in and they say oh miss krista because they remember her doing right, the story time yeah. and 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 they know that their kids when their kids mm-hmm. was were in story time and you know like you it's just something that, rela- that you keep that relationship with that you watch that family grow because yes. when i first started 
doing story time a long time ago. <laughs> Some of the kids are actually driving to the library now. <laughs> That's right. But they're yeah. still coming back because you develop that relationship when they're a child mm-hmm. to into their adulthood. And then they start bringing their kids in. And then they start yeah. bringing their kids and in. Feel really but it's so good. It's <laughs> yeah. So for people who may not have family here or, or may have family here who just aren't close to them, mm-hmm. you get that. You get that relationship yeah. in a library that mm-hmm. you don't. I mean, it is one of the places. few real, you know, free public spaces that's not commercial uh, and that's open to everybody. Right. You know, there aren't, right. there aren't And if that you want to stay there for eight hours, you absolutely can, and we're not going to discourage that. That's Most right. True. Yeah. And we've had a lot of um, groups coming to meet together. It, it, not everybody wants to hold events in their houses. Yeah, that's right. So every week we'll have a bunch of ladies who get together just to knit together. Oh, you have the knitters. I know there's knitters so at the St. John's Library, yeah. but you have knitters around. Right, and then we too. have the breastfeeding clinic that oh, comes yeah? once a month. And uh-huh. So we find it's, it's, it is becoming a more social group for people to right. get mm-hmm. out of their houses and go somewhere that's not going to cost you 50 bucks a visit. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you can just meet with people like you who... Just want someone to sit down and talk to. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, that is nice too, because with your children now, how many places can you take your kids and say you can have anything you want? That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like. Yeah. And a lot of people that you know come through the doors at the library, you know, they, you know, they can't go into Chapters or Costco right. and fill their carts with what they want. They, yeah. a lot of people don't have internet at home, mm-hmm. so we service people. You know, so it's great to say, you know, I don't use the library because I buy my books and I yes. have Wi-Fi and I have all these things. But it's nice to be able to, you know, you ha- you have to recognize the fact that there's a lot of people in this province who don't. Yeah, not everybody has that. You yeah. know, there's people who come in and you get the kids and you're playing with the kids and finding books for them while mom and dad are printing off their home heating rebate mm. forms or looking for work or filling out for unemployment. Yeah. You know, or you know, people even now like they'll come in just to take out. Um, TV series and movies because they can't afford cable. Yes, yes. yeah, and and the you know, the DVD rental stores have all gone. They're gone, yes. and we're free. And yes, yes, you can get everything that you would have once got at Blockbuster Absolutely. for free at the library. But a lot right. of people now are coming and saying, you know, I caught cable. I don't have cable anymore. It's too yeah. expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can't have the internet at the house. It's too expensive. So that's where they're looking for work. So mm-hmm. I think you know a lot of people. A lot of people forget the fact that you might. It might be okay in your house, but it's not okay in a lot of people's right. houses. Mm-hmm. And the library makes it okay. It's an even playing field then for everybody because yeah. you can all look for work. You can all bring your kids to, a, you know, a lot of kids don't get to go to activities because they're a fortune. But right. you can bring yeah. your kids Free to a kids program. Yeah. You know, you can go to an adult program. And yeah. it, I like that part of it. So yeah. the library is obviously about a lot more than just the books. But yeah. are the books still an important, like, is it yes. still the key yes. part of it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Well, I remember, like, the well, last time I was at work, we were at the desk, and it was the afternoon before we closed, and there was a family. It was a, a young boy, probably, you know, elementary school age, mm-hmm. and his what looked to be his father and his grandfather, and they were reading about... Okay, veterans and they were remembering and they were reading things like lest we forget and oh, wow. like they were they were engaging and the, and the, and the grandfather was reading to the grandson uh-huh. and we were it was just it we was touching dying. it was oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was yes. something that it was it's a culture of education mm-hmm. it's a culture of sharing it's a yeah. culture of it's just bringing families back to being families yeah, yeah. 
It's yeah. nice to see the interaction between them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My kids still have, uh, you know, this like, I mean, we were one of the families who were able to afford to go to chapters and buy most of the books we wanted, but we also did go to the library mm-hmm. a lot when the kids were small. And occasionally, particularly Emma, my daughter, will still sometimes say to me, what was that book that we took out of the library? And we ended up, we never owned a copy. We ended up borrowing it over and over from the <laughs> library. And I guess, you know, maybe I should have just bought that book. But there were certain ones that were favorites of the, mm-hmm. the read aloud children's books that we would go back and read the same one over and over again. You know, and that's that's part of her childhood memories. Yes, yeah. Yeah. that happens a lot. We get kids who want the same book. They'll bring their bag of books back, and they'll always have that one or two pulled to the side. We want this one again. Yes. But that's how they learn. It's just the rote memory. Oh, of, yeah, of repetition. Yeah, stuff. for sure. Yeah. Like, no problem. You can have that one. And then you have, like, mothers that come in that don't check out any materials, but they sit down with their, their infants and their young children, and they sit down at the library and have their own story times mm-hmm. between them, right? And it's that's really... Cool. It's, it's sharing a culture of literature, literacy mm-hmm. and, like, giving a legacy of literacy. And within, you know, like I always say, like, the, like there's no app to replace your lap. We put that on bookmarks, <laughs> in it, you know, but it's true. It's, it's true. It's, it's the so reality of it. Nothing beats reading aloud to kids. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter what age either because I'm telling you, the little boy was probably in grade five. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It, was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was. And I was thinking, I was just yeah. hoping that... You know, that's something that we don't see behind closed doors, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we said. It was the best part of Friday. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was. Yeah. What about yourselves? What are some of the other, any other books we want to talk about or any of these other questions that we haven't gotten to yet that we want to jump in on? Oh, we just recently finished reading... Manhalove. Oh, yeah. Manhalove. Frederick Bachman? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people have been saying they read that. What's... It's really? heartbreaking. Yeah. I, about it, so I don't know much about mm-hmm. it. It's been a man named Ove. He's a crusty old man, but <laughs> everyone knows a crusty old man who has a heart of gold. Uh-huh. Yes. And anyway, this is Ove. Um, we find out a little bit into the book that his wife had passed away. I don't think you know right away because you think she's no. still alive. Yeah, he kind of... The way he talks to her. Yeah, You know she's gone, but you don't know she's passed. And... Um, I like how she's gone, but she isn't because she's still his conscience. Right. In still, a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's still kind of controlling him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> From the other side. <laughs> no, but it's his, um, it's her spirit, I guess, that makes him connect with other people in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And just the relationships that build between them is, um, it was written really well, I have to say. Yeah. I don't want to give any more away because you have That's read all right. Because yeah. I forget. <laughs> That's right. No, I've heard a number of people talking about that one and mm-hmm. saying that it really uh, had a big impact right. on them. Yeah. yeah. When I first started reading it, and I'm still I'm kind of halfway there and then off millions of other things but um it reminded me of the stone angel by margaret lawrence which again is a really crusty old person yes a really unlovable person (laughs) who was smoking she's like i never smoked any cigarettes but now i am right like that yeah but and then you realize and she goes back and she she kind of it's i don't know that's a little bit yeah yeah, it's a little bit freeing but this also makes you realize it's like even like at 90 years old you really don't know anything right yeah, she has yeah. this big revelation she at the still end, has like, a lot to learn even uh, yeah. at 90 after all she's been through yeah, yeah. and I some guess. of that was letting go and some of that was admitting she was wrong and mm-hmm. god knows that's hard enough I for anybody read that in so long yeah. i want to read that one again yeah. yeah i love the end of the stone angel so much when she says what is it why why did i never just let myself rejoice 
You know, like is mm-hmm. somebody in the bed near her, or is it the minister? Somebody is singing the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And she suddenly has this moment where she's like, why did I never just enjoy any of the good things in my life? Why was I always right. fighting against? Like that, yeah. That's a book that was, yeah, that was a real epiphany for me. And I was glad that I wasn't 90 when I read that. Yeah, <laughs> I know, so it's true, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, why yeah. not just enjoy the good things in life while they're happening instead of constantly grasping over the way you think? Because I think her thing in that book is, She's obsessed with the way she thinks her life should be. Should be. Yes. And she doesn't appreciate the way it is. Yes, yeah. 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 And that's what I mean. Like, you, you, you don't realize. Mm-hmm. You don't realize what your life is. And you don't realize it because you're living it day to day. Exactly. You know? And uh, anyway, I really love that too. But on the flip side, <laughs> crusty, uh, you know, older people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that are lovable, actually. Yeah. You don't realize what they've gone through. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's reading that book, Ove, that it, there's flashbacks to when he was a kid and, mm-hmm. and what he went through, and he's just like, I just love that crusty old man. <laughs> it makes sense. You can yeah. connect. Yeah, yeah That's for sure. Great. Yeah, I definitely yeah. want to check that one out. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to read that one, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's happening soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm without a book now, so I, that's a good oh, time. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. go. Yeah. Yeah, try and get your hands on it, though. I know. That's a hot one. <laughs> yeah, you had yeah. that a lot, right? Like waiting lists at the library. And mm-hmm. I discovered, like, most of my interaction with the library these days is ebooks from the library mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I read mostly ebooks. Yeah. A lot of them I buy, but then it gets so expensive, so I'm like, well, if the library has it, you know, I'll, I'll, right. I'll get it as an ebook from the library. And I realized, of course, I guess you only have a license for so many copies, even though they're Isn't electronic copies. That's right, yeah. So That's you awful. still have to go on a wait list. So I had been like, um, well, Joel Thomas Hunt, speaking of, of uh, local books, mm-hmm. I know I should read his new book. Uh, the library has it. I'll get it. And then, of course, it won the Governor General's Award. Have you I'm read like, it yet? You're not going to No, I haven't. <laughs> Down to the Dirt? I think that was the one I read. It came out several years ago. Oh, yes, ago, right? many years yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, but this is this the, is new, the one. new one. We'll all be burnt in our beds somewhere. Oh, just came. Just won the Governor General's Award. And so I was like, oh, now I really have to read it. So then I went and looked up the, and I was like number 71 on the waiting list because obviously as soon as it won the Governor General's Award, Ages everybody. Yeah, and book exactly. clubs are doing it. But yes. we find that patrons are pretty good because they know that someone's waiting on the book. And they if they're so oh. anxious to read it, they're reading it. Zip-a-zip-a-zip. Yes, yeah. With the e-books, I always early. return them as soon yeah. as I'm finished yeah. reading. Yeah. I don't wait for the two-week period to expire right. because I know somebody else is waiting on yeah, that Yeah, they're pretty book. good yeah. at getting the books in if they know that. Yeah. That someone else is waiting on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess all whether it's ebooks or paper books, the sort of the new hot titles always do have that always thing. The way yeah. the ebooks work, we buy a certain amount of copies the yeah. same way that we buy a certain amount of copies of the paper books. Yeah, yeah. and we have that new Express collection too, where oh, the book yes. is on the shelf. You cannot put a hold on it if you come in and it's here. Lucky you. Yeah, but yeah. Is it, isn't it a shorter loan period? If you, get, days. you get seven days to seven read days, that book. Yeah. That's it. But, you know, a book I really wanted to read, I would I would. You can read it in a couple of days. days. Yeah. 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 So that's a really good, I forgot about that Express loan thing. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really yeah. good uh, program for yeah. some of the hobby And there's books. a lot that sit there because people are like, am I going to get it read in seven days? Yeah, that's it, true. It's, yeah. it's pressure. It keeps a book there yeah. for someone who knows. Yeah, you know, but they Especially are, if it's like 900 pages. I had to cheat the library a little while ago. And I figured somebody had to explain to me on <laughs> Facebook when I was claiming it was how to cheat it because I had one on my ebook that was going to expire. And of right. course, unlike the paper books, you guys don't come to our house and take the paper books back. Exactly. But the ebook but... will just dip, disappear off your device. Mm-hmm. And I was I was reading um, 
A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Towles, and it was you know, I knew there was a wait list for it, so I knew I wasn't going to be able to get it out again. <laughs> I was like, I haven't finished this book; it's going to expire at midnight tonight. And someone, someone on Facebook said, "Just turn off your Wi-Fi." Read, you know, turn oh off God, your Wi-Fi. Brilliant. I know, I know. Oh, don't and put that out there. I know. I thought. <laughs> It was only about an extra 24 hours. Oh, right then, and then I turned the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi back on. And That's amazing. Yeah. There's, there's a workaround yeah. for everything. But, of course, I also couldn't stand to be without my Wi-Fi for much yeah. longer than that. Exactly. Anyway. I mean, not That's many right. people are going to do that. No, though. for yeah. sure. But, uh, but I've never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> going rogue Yeah, going rogue. Yeah. So you see, there's somebody, yeah, like, there's somebody who has a hack for everything. Yeah, but right. that was, you know, that was another book that was, like, relatively new and hot, and I had to wait weeks to get it on mm-hmm. the wait list so i mean that's great in a way because it encourages me to realize oh yeah people are not only still avidly reading they're reading from the library and you yeah. know mm-hmm. wait listing these books that are that are currently popular that's good that was a really good book too gentleman in moscow but he has to live like he's, he's, he's confined to house arrest but it's in a um it's in a luxury hotel so he has to live out the whole next 30 years i'd of his be life. okay with that yeah you'd think yeah. you would but it does yeah. end up getting a little bit tedious <laughs> for him and it's like during the like after know. the russian revolution and everything so all these massive world events are happening outside him but he sees he it all from within the walls right. of the hotel because if, if oh, he ever steps outside the hotel he's like sentenced to death but as long as he stays inside the hotel it's like cool. sanctuary yeah it's like like oh, sanctuary so. oh, okay that's interesting yeah who is doing that now there's actually somebody in a hotel i can't remember um i don't know we had to google it local the the snowden guy oh yeah where is he where is he he's in yeah he's in some kind of i think he lives in a hotel somewhere or maybe it's an embassy but you hear about I mean, like the like sanctuary stories like the remember the family was in Marystown a couple mm-hmm. of years ago it was living in the church, church because they would be deported if they right. ever they stepped outside yeah. but they were treating the church as, as a sanctuary and the church was supporting them and keeping them yeah. in there that's yeah. right yeah interesting well, idea yeah. I always feel for people like that oh yeah yeah any other books that are, you know, either one, not necessarily ones you've read recently, but any from the past that really stand out to you? Oh, Sense of an Ending, Julian Burns. If you oh, really? One. No, I haven't. I've read a Julian Burns novel, but not that one. That one, I read that. Someone put it in my hand, and it was the first novel in a long time I wanted to go back to university so I could talk about it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And it's really short. Uh-huh. And I mean, and it, it won the Booker, I believe? It won some big award. I think I know, it was the sure. Booker. And, uh, but I mean, it might be, if it's 200 pages, that's all it is. Uh-huh. And I just remember reading it and then I finished it and I couldn't believe it. And then I went back and I read it again and I just love, it, it kind of tells this one man's perspective on an event that happened when he was in university. Uh-huh. And then of things that happened like for, I think it was probably 20 years into, like he lived his life for 20 years thinking this one thing. Mm-hmm. And then at, towards the end of the book, all of a sudden you realize it's not what he thought. Oh, but it's interesting. really interesting because the characters in it, it just really makes you aware of who's telling your life story. Because, mm. you know, in his mind, he knew had this all figured out and he knew what happened. And it wasn't at all the way that it went down. Yeah. But it was just every single person. No one had no one had the full picture. And everyone uh-huh. thought they had a... They thought, all thought they had the same picture. Right. And it was just fascinating to think, like, you know, how much you think you understand. Again. And, yeah. And you know nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I love but books it, like that. But it really... With what we it know. It really we colored yeah. his... The way he lived his life, mm-hmm. and then he lived his life because of a prejudice that he had, yeah. thinking that something, you know, 
thinking he was responsible for something. Right. But I just thought it was fascinating. And even, like, when you look at, you know, like, now I'm looking at my kids. And, uh-huh. you, know, you know, you're all caught in family drama. And I'm thinking, but who, who's telling the story here? Yeah. And exactly. I really love, I love their, their perspective in that one. What was it called again? A Sense of an Ending, Julian Burns. Mm-hmm. I'll put it right in your hands tomorrow morning, my darling. <laughs> so uh, you always I thought, got the hookups. Yeah, I, I know the cover of that one. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. Isn't that I'll amazing? That I'm trying to think what I Julian Burns books novel to the I've read. I've definitely read one, but it wasn't that one. That's interesting. He wrote one last year. Um, was about a composer and I actually I loved Sense of an Ending so much I brought the book home and I was too afraid to read it because I thought mm. it might color how I felt about him first time <laughs> I'm yeah. the same way with Helen Humphreys too The Lost Garden that book oh, it's all about perspective I guess yeah. well that's like everything I never told you did you read yes. it Esther? oh I don't know <gasps> What's the author's first name? N.G. is her last name. Oh, Celeste. 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 Yeah, she has a new one out now, Little Fires Everywhere, which yes. is on my to-read list. It's on mine, yeah, too. Yeah. So what's this one? I don't, I don't know. Everything I Never Told You. Oh, what's that about? It's about a Chinese-American family uh-huh. who, um, from the outside, look like they're blending in fine. Mm-hmm. But internally, it, and it's just like Krista was just saying, it's about perspective. How each family member has a different perspective of each other in a way and mm-hmm. their own relationships with each other and how each one has a different take of And they're all unraveling. It, yeah, it, it because it, they don't understand how the other one is thinking. Mm-hmm. Right? It's and gorgeous. so because it's it's all about perspective. It's just absolutely oh, beautifully done. Yeah. I, I just love books that play around with point of view and with what you know, what one character knows or thinks they know is completely different if you look at it from right. Because, I mean, that's real life. That's yeah. the way we all see everything from our own first-person right. perspective. And it looks so different if we right. hear someone and else each, tell the story. And each reality mm-hmm. fits in to that one basic event that happened. Mm-hmm. Each of those things could have possibly been mm-hmm. what happened yeah, so in the end. Oh, I should check that. I, I should add that to my list, too. It is so a new good. book. is definitely, yeah. I've heard it recommended really, really highly. See my two read lists growing and growing oh, and growing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's that so awful. It's great. It, is. it is. It must be. It's great and awful to work together. It's just it's exhausting. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it is. But if you learn that Cindy puts a book in your hands, you just read that. You just take it right take to the it right there. <laughs> bring it home and read it. You're going to love it. Yes, and don't ever let me pick out a movie. It's emotional. Ever. They got me. <laughs> <laughs> So Cindy's a reliable, like, you you pretty sure if she recommends a book, it's going to be one year And we don't read a lot of the same things, yeah. so it's not like... It's not very often. She won't put a lot of books too. in my hand, Yeah, but she'll read So you're careful in what you recommend. She's very good. It's not just, like, everything yeah. that she reads, because she knows that we don't have a lot of, you know, we have overlap, but yeah. if she puts something in my hand, that you goes right to the top be, of my book. You can trust her, her recommendation. I can't great. I've got the Library of the Dead home now. That's the name of it, right? Yes, yeah. library. That's on the top yeah. of my stack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. who's that by? Do we know? Who is that by? You know, I don't know. It's <laughs> okay, you know, because I... I You're lucky I, I can remember titles. I always post a, list, <laughs> I post a list on my blog of all the books we discuss during the podcast, so I always look up, if we can't remember okay, the author's name, I always look them great. up. Great. But what is Library of the Dead about? Don't, I don't know yet. <sighs> Because God, I've read, it, okay, don't yeah, read. no, I'm not going to. Okay, well, it's a great title. It's a great title. And we we're we're terrible. If there's a, it's a good if story. the library, if the word library is in any title, then we're we read it. it. <laughs> <laughs> the library at Mount Char. I still don't know what happened <laughs> in that so one. So good. 
did. And it's the very end of the book that makes you go, well, then. Library at Mount Char. Okay. Hawkins, was it the last Ye- name? Yes. Oh. Now, it's interesting because I'm that way about books with bookstore in the title. I will oh. read any bookstore, any any book that has, like, Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore. <laughs> um, the one I just read, the Midnight at the Bright Ideas bookstore was the out last summer. The Little Paris bookstore? The Little mm-hmm. Bookshop, I think. Yes. The Paris yeah, I haven't read that one yet, but I think it's still on my yeah. list. Yeah. So I tend to go, I mean, anything. We get stuck on the library. Yeah. We have <laughs> to read it. You just can't leave yeah. it. Or the storified life of A.J. Fickery yes, or yeah, whatever. Yes, yeah, that's right. It took place in a bookstore. It does, yeah. I yeah. love I love those. Book. And that's another one that was like, you know, like you were with the Margaret Atwood Hagseed book. Mm-hmm. Like I was halfway through the storied life of A.J. Fickery and I was like, wait, this is Silas Marner. This is basically George Eliot's Silas Marner in a modern <laughs> setting. This is exactly that story. And I think it was, you know, deliberate. But, yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. sweet. It is. Because and I think really it's just a little bit easier to yes. digest. Oh yeah, much version. easier to digest yeah. than actual Silas Marner, which I is a depressing book, 19th though. century novel. But yeah. the same <laughs> idea of like the loner whose life is changed by the random child who comes into his shop. Yeah. Yeah. And I love any book that references other titles books. of other yes. books. Yeah. It emotionally tugs at you because you're like, oh yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love it. And um, there's one, uh, Cornelia Funka, the Inkart series. Oh mm. yeah. I read those to my kids. Yeah. They're very long. <laughs> very long. <laughs> But we loved, like, it, it was almost like a springboard effect. Like, we'd start, and every chapter starts with the quote. Right. Uh, with a quote from another book. So, so, so the kids would say, oh, we read that book before, because yeah. sometimes it's Charlotte's Web or Harry Potter. Uh-huh. Other times it would be books they hadn't heard of. So we ended up reading a lot of books based on right. the Inkheart series. That's great. Yeah. That's sweet. But it was books lead about you to books. 18 yes. months yes. of reading. Oh, those those yeah. three books, when you read them aloud. Or if a character in a book is reading a book. Yes. Oh, I need to yeah, know if that's yes. real, and if it is, I'm reading it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are almost out of time, ladies. Is there any book anyone wanted to talk about that we didn't get to? I think so. I could go off for a whole other hour on books about <laughs> animals and uh, written yeah, from well, animal perspective, we'll try to but keep I'm not within going our to. Usual, <laughs> our usual time frame. No. Well, have you guys read The Glass Castle? Because that's being made into a movie. Oh, Jeanette well, I think I read that years no, ago. I read that that's years the memoir ago, about her really, really, really dysfunctional life. family. Isn't yes, it? yeah, dad picking up and going around and trying yes. to fu- live the dream. Yes, He's always going yeah. to be successful somewhere else, right, you know, and right. ended up dragging his family through the mud. Yeah. yeah, that's that's is that movie out yet? Or is that I don't know. I don't know. I know it's like highly requested now. Yes, because people are hearing about it, and I remember reading it um, on ebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, years ago, probably I don't know, five or six years ago, maybe, mm-hmm. and. Um, I just remember because I said to, because it was coming out, I was telling my mom, "You remember when I I recommended that novel to you?" Uh-huh. She's like, "I love that novel," but it's just because I think that she had like kind of like a, you know, you gotta you gotta learn to swim if you don't want to sink kind of attitude. Yes, like she was yeah. very resilient, and yeah. it was really something. Like, well, I was looking at your list over here, and I was like, have you ever fallen in love with a character? And I'm not necessarily think I fell in love with her character, but I, re- I could admire and relate to the character. But she was, very, like, she was relatable, and it was almost like you've seen little parts that of yourself, you know, mm-hmm. like that you, you could relate to um, yeah. and that you could draw from, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. But great. Yeah, yeah, but she was. I really liked the book because it was kind of out in left field a little bit because they were camping in the desert and stuff. But mm-hmm. the attitude around like I'm going to get out of this and like kind of moving forward, it was a little bit like uh, Tuesdays with Maury, right? In it, but in a 
completely different setting, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was the same kind of like look forward to the next one, like roll with the punches, right? You know, and and appreciate what you have. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like those things too. I'm not really big on self help help books when 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 the book, when a fiction book especially. Now I know that's her yeah. memoir, but uh, when a book speaks to you that way, it yeah. kind of in a, in a, in a real sense. Yeah, I like I'd much too. rather learn, like we were saying about, you know, the stone angel and what I got from that about, you know, just appreciating your life while you have it. I'd much rather get that through a story than through like a self-help so, book mm-hmm. where somebody's telling me I have to appreciate my mm-hmm. life while I have it. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's it's because when I read that book, that book made me angry. Really? really? Yeah. yeah. I read it and I, I was just so angry at the father. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 That yeah. <laughs> I didn't get that. I mean, you know, I appreciated her, but I was just so angry reading mm-hmm. that book. Yeah, that I just yeah. got stuck on him, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. could see that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was judgy. I, I think a lot of those no, books but... about like overcoming a really hard childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, you can read it and focus on the kid and how great it is that they survived, or you can get that thing of just being incredibly angry at the parents right. for letting all this happen. To That's where I was on that one. I didn't yeah. get it. Yeah, I can understand that too. I think um, maybe it's just different perspectives in the same kind of manner too. Mm, But yeah, I just thought that she was like, uh, I don't know, like her attitude kind of like was, and I mean, she went through a lot of stuff and she wasn't always presenting as this resilient character. But just thinking about it too, I was like, before I came here, I was like, I was like, oh, that book, I should, I should really, you know, like refresh my memory. And I was like, like she has a, you know, she's a millionaire, yeah. and that's where she came from. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like it, it's it it stands to show there's something to, you know, like could always be different. That's you, right. You can yes. forge your own path, it and is that kind of, kind of yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, yes, obviously you're going to be. Bad. I mean, <laughs> the point is to not like the dad because he's, you know, a neglectful, drunken, you know. I think it just depends too on when you read it, where you are when you read oh, it. Oh, that's like, so I suppose, yeah. Where you yeah. are, yeah, and where you are in your life when you're reading yeah. a particular book. Yeah. So yeah. Then, my kids were young when I was reading that, so I was just yeah. like, you know, full mother tire of what is going on. It is super hard to read books where bad things happen to children yeah. when you have small children yourself. Mm. It's, yes. Yeah, it's really tough. I think. Yeah. It Even hearing you read anything. <laughs> oh, I read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, ladies, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic conversation. I'm sure we could have gone a lot longer, but we are just about at our time limit. And I just want to say thanks so much for sharing all your uh, books and insights and thoughts about books and also a little glimpse into the life of the library, which I really enjoyed. Oh, that was great. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. And once again, that was Cindy Foote, Renee Farrell, and Krista Hart from the Mount Pearl Public Library talking about favorite books of theirs, books that have left an imprint on them, and also how books leave an imprint on the whole community through the public libraries. Really appreciate them being here today. Tune in again in a couple of weeks when we're going to have another couple of great guests talking about books. And in the meantime, be sure to check out my blog where I post a list of all the books we talked about today. Go to my website, trudymorgancole.com, and click on the Shelf Esteem link. And until we talk again, read a good book and build your shelf esteem.